0: Well, if truth be told, I find some commercials to be absolutely hilarious, and I've enjoyed a bunch over the years. Remember the 1980s, the TV ad for Wendy's? Still is one of my favorites. Clara Peller was the star. She had spent her life for 35 years as a manicurist until one day when she was in her 80s, she hit the big time. Remember her wonderful line in the ad? Very well done, where's the (laughs) beef? And then there are the current, there are the current, uh, sorry, I think volume's a little high or a little, no, it's okay, it's okay. Then there are the current day farmer's insurance ads that show funny mishaps. The company says it will cover like a, a cement truck dumping its contents into a convertible. Maybe you've seen that one. And one ad many of us have seen that is not supposed to be funny but is clever is the one for Capital One. The ad that asks the question, what is in your wallet? Which encourages viewers to have a Capital One credit card in their wallet. Well, the question, what is in your wallet, reminds me of what one person had in his wallet. The late coach Bear Bryant of the Alabama football team kept a prayer in his wallet that he could retrieve and look at anytime he wanted. These are the words of the prayer that was in his wallet. This is the beginning of a new day. God has given me this day to use as I will. I can waste it or use it for good. And what I do today is very important because I am exchanging a day of my life for it. When tomorrow comes, this day will be gone forever, leaving something in its place, I have traded for it. I want it to be gain, not loss. Good, not evil. Success, not failure. In order that I shall not forget the price, I paid for it. Well, this prayer influenced Bear Bryant's life in dramatic ways, in part, because he kept it front and center in his daily living by keeping it in his wallet. Well, last week I began this short two-part sermon titled Moving Toward Peace. And in some ways you might say that through this sermon I'm inviting us to think about what we have in our wallets and in fact to intentionally place the words I'm going to talk about this morning in our wallets, if not literally, then certainly metaphorically. And when we place these words in our wallets, or at least make them the centerpiece of our daily living, we're likely to be on the receiving end of something wonderful. As I said last week, I've been thinking about peace a lot lately because I pray that our country can move finally to a place of peace. I pray that one day we will live in a world of peace, as God intends. That each of us in our lives will find lasting peace, even in the midst of challenges. And that peace will characterize how you and I show up in the world, in our conversations with other people, in our attitudes, in the positions we take, and the relationships we have with each other, especially across all the divides that keep us from each other. I also mentioned that peace is a huge topic in the Bible. So many people in Scripture spoke of peace. Jesus certainly did, as he wanted his followers, and I believe wants each of us to go through the ups and downs of life with a sense of peace, a sense of peace that passes all understanding. And across all of Scripture, peace is all about wholeness and completeness, soundness, quietness, being at rest, and being at peace with God, others, and ourselves. Well, As I think about my challenges and the pains and heartaches that so many of you are going through or have endured, I believe we could all use some peace right now in our lives. And the good news is that in scripture, we find words that if we keep in our wallets, so to speak, words that if we internalize, use, pray about, leverage, and act upon are words that through God's Holy Spirit can bring us peace when we need it the most. And the words I'm referring to, of course, are the words of the 23rd Psalm. Well, last week, we began getting into the verses of the Psalm in some detail. And as I mentioned, one source I'm using for this sermon is a little book called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23, written by Philip Keller. Last week, you may remember, we looked at the verses that say, The Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. And you may remember these words, get it, moving us toward a deeper and deeper trust of God. Learning to live in the now, not in the past or the future. Releasing fear and turning conflicts and aggravations over to God. And if you'd like, that sermon is on our webpage and on YouTube if you'd like to review those points. So now this morning, I want to continue line by line with the 23rd Psalm. And what it has to say to us about God's peace that passes all understanding. So the next line we're going to turn to reads, To be led beside still waters. One person writes, Still waters flow slowly and calmly. They bring rest and peace and provide a place to relax. Our shepherd wants to lead us to a place of rest and peace, a place of confidence, a place where we can rely and focus upon him. He wants to take the heavy load off of our shoulders to lead us beside still waters to a place of peace. Now, it's helpful in reflecting upon this verse to go to a place of still waters, either in person or in your mind. We have still waters in our chapel grounds. It's a great place to go and to imagine and sit by and think about. And when we listen to still waters, when we look at still waters, we begin to get an idea of what the peace of God looks and feels like. And it is to such stillness as you look at that water that God invites us to pray about and to turn to and ask for. The next line of the psalm reads, He restores my soul. It reminds me of a long time ago when I was a young boy a very close friend of mine came over to the house for the afternoon. We got really wild, ran all over the house, knocking things over, as can happen with robust rough housing. Well, accidentally, my friend stepped on top of an antique doll of my mom's. And as the head was made of China, the head broke into many pieces. Well, shortly after this happened, my mom sent her doll to someone to repair the doll, if possible. Well, months later, The doll in a box came back to our house. The repair work was done and it was done so well it was impossible to see that anything had happened. The doll was completely restored. Now the word restore in the psalm means to renew, to return, to reanimate, to replenish, to bring us back to where we belong. And remember the word peace means to restore, to be made whole again. So our shepherd, Christ, is like the master doll repairman who can renew, replenish, and restore us in the midst of our brokenness and pain. Our shepherd can make us whole again and bring us back to peace. The next line, he guides me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Well, as we all know, there is so much toxic stuff out there in the world, I don't need to list it. And Psalm 23 invites us, to another way. The shepherd works to lead us away from toxicity and hatred and all that is wrong and amiss, and encourage us not to engage in such a way of being, to hold our tongues, and instead to do what Paul writes in his letter to the Philippians, whatever is just and true, honorable, pleasing, commendable. Think about these things. And a path of righteousness is defined in the letter to the Galatians by these characteristics, joy, love, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The righteous path is walking the talk and reflecting Jesus in our lives, reflecting our shepherd by our words and actions and discussions. And it is our shepherd who leads us to the righteous path if we will only follow, yield, and surrender to our shepherd, to Christ, And when we live righteously, we live peacefully. The next line, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. As I mentioned last week, sheep are on the move. The season determines where they are at any moment. There's a time, however, when sheep need to be led up a mountain, usually in the summer season, to where the grasses are growing and there is water. Well, given the geography of Israel and at the time in which David, the writer of Psalm 23, lived. To go up often meant one had to travel through a literal valley. Valleys were often in deep shadows. Valleys were places where there were predators that could kill and maim. So to walk through the valley of the shadow of death means to go through a place that is threatening and dangerous and where death can easily happen. Here's what Keller writes about this. This verse is a consolation to those who are passing through the dark valley of death. But even in such a place as children of God, death is not an end, but merely the door into a higher and more exalted life of contact with Christ. Death is but the dark valley opening out into eternity of delight with God. It is not something to fear, but an experience through which we pass on the path to a more perfect life. Place. He also writes, the darkest valley need not only mean death, but the distressing, difficult days we endure. And just like sheep are led through dark valleys to get to a beautiful place, dark valleys may not be things to avoid, as they may well prove to be the greatest way and path toward refreshment. And when we view our valleys in this way, we will experience the peace of God in the midst of it all. The next line, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now the rod was used by a shepherd like a club. It was used to defend sheep, and it demonstrated the power of the shepherd. As one person writes, if a shepherd saw a sheep wandering away or getting near danger, the shepherd may have literally tossed the rod toward and near the animal to get the animal to scurry back toward the shepherd. The rod was also used to help in counting sheep and in examining sheep. But the point is that we, like sheep, have a shepherd who works to keep us from danger and knows us intimately. And the staff was a long stick with a crook or a hook on the end. The shepherd could use the crook to draw a sheep in close, to guide the sheep on the path through difficult routes, or to put gentle pressure on the sheep's side to offer the sheep reassurance. And all of this reveals a deep personal relationship between the shepherd and the sheep, between Christ and each one of us. This relationship fills us with a sense of peace when we turn to it. The next line, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Well, the Spanish word mesa means table. And mesas are tablelands were sought out areas for shepherds during the summer months. One person notes that when David wrote prepare a table, he actually meant the high summer range, the tablelands or the mesas. And shepherds often went ahead of their flock to inspect the tablelands, looking for a great place to feed and to summer the sheep. The shepherd also inspected the tablelands, looking for poisonous weeds that were toxic to the sheep. And on tablelands, a variety of predators lived as well, like coyotes and wolves. So to prepare a place for me in the presence of my enemies means to prepare a place for the sheep to summer where there is abundant food, yet in the midst of things that are potentially harmful. As Keller writes, our great shepherd goes on ahead of us in every situation, like a shepherd going up to the tablelands or the mesas. The shepherd understands us, and so he goes ahead of us. Likewise, Christ ensures that we will have some gladness within our sadness, some delightful days within our dark dark days, and some sunshine as well as shadow, along with peace. The next line of the psalm reads, you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Here's what one shepherd writes. Summertime in the sheep's world is fly time. Hordes of insects attack sheep. There's also something called a nasal fly, sounds awful. Nasal flies can burrow into the flesh and sheep will beat their heads against anything to reduce the agony of these flies. But a shepherd will put a remedy made of linseed oil all over the sheep's head and nose. And once the oil is applied, everything is fine and the sheep relax and are at peace. Also toward the end of summer, great battles happen between sheep. Sheep crash their heads into one another. And a shepherd will apply a kind of oil to the head of the sheep, so when heads collide, the lubricant makes the sheep heads simply glance off of each other. Well, clearly, these are images that David wrote in Psalm 23 to give us a picture of a shepherd, to give us a picture of God, who does everything to care for us, in difficult, tormenting situations and in the midst of heartache. And such care, if we trust it and turn to it, can yield a sense of calm and peace, even when there is turmoil. The final verse of the psalm, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God's goodness and mercy will be with us through the good and the bad. In scripture, the word mercy means compassion and love. Not just feelings, but expressed in tangible ways. Mercy in scripture means loving kindness. Mercy is part of the nature of God. There are no limits to God's mercy. And mercy and love are intertwined. As Paul wrote in his letter to the Romans, nothing can separate us from God's love, nothing at all. Nothing can separate us from God's mercy. And this part of the psalm reminds us all that when we're dealing with guilt or a sense of falling short or feeling badly for something done or for something not done, God is merciful. And when accepted and reflected upon, God's mercy can bring us a sense of peace. And with regard to living in the house of the Lord forever, God right now in this life is with us, and the same will be the case in the life that follows. And when we die, it will be like a homecoming, like a sheep returning to the home pasture after a long summer away. And dwelling with God is our destiny, and so therefore is God's peace. You may remember when I began this morning, I suggested that if we keep the words of Psalm 23 front and center in our life, in our wallets, so to speak, that if we internalize, use, pray about, leverage, and act upon these words, they're words that through God's Holy Spirit can bring us peace when we need it the most. As I think about my life, as I think about your life, it strikes me that at different moments we are in need of different things. And each phrase within the psalm offers us different things that can help us with various needs as they come up. Whenever we're going through some challenge, it is then that we can leverage a particular phrase or image from the psalm that we need the most, that is most relevant to what we're experiencing. So, for example, there may be moments in which we may not know what to trust or who to trust. It's then we can turn to the first line of the psalm and turn to the image of God as a shepherd, as one to yield to, as one to hand it all over to, as one with whom we can place our ultimate truth, Such a focus will help us and lead us to God's guidance and peace. There may be moments when we're stuck in the past or anxious about the future. It is there we can turn to the phrase, I shall not want, and to reflect upon the fact that just like a shepherd meets the immediate needs of a sheep, so too will our God in our own lives. Or perhaps we're dealing with fear and conflict or aggravations. It is then to turn to the image of green pastures and to focus upon the fact that it is God who is in control, can manage anything that comes our way, can restore things to how they should be, and can release our fears. There may be other times in which we're agitated or worked up or anxious, and what we need most is stillness, stillness like the slow, calm waters of a stream, stillness to which God can lead us or perhaps there are passages in which we feel broken or a relationship is broken that needs restoration and repair. The psalm reminds us that God restores our soul and restores things that are broken and can put the pieces back together and make us whole again. There may be moments in which toxicity surrounds us and what we need is righteousness or turning to the right way of being. God, our shepherd, guides us in, become righteous, in becoming more righteous and more joyful, loving, patient, kind, generous, faithful, gentle, peaceful, and in a state of self-control. Maybe we're in a place where we are facing death or some very dark, challenging situation, and we're afraid. God will lead us through such a valley, and God will guide us through such a valley, and ultimately to a place of refreshment and peace. There may be moments in which we're wandering into a place or situation that is not good, and maybe then that the image of the shepherd's rod and staff remind us that God will gently and lovingly help us get back on track. Perhaps there is a time in which we experience a need to be protected and we need some light shed on a situation. It is then we can focus on the image of God as a shepherd walking ahead of us, taking us to a mesa, a good place, where what we need most can be received there may be passages in which we feel in a state of turmoil or there's friction happening between us and another it's then we can picture the shepherd applying oil to the sheep to picture receiving God's healing balm on whatever it is we're dealing with or maybe we're struggling with regrets and guilt and we're in need of God's mercy and turning to the words in the psalm that address mercy can give us a nudge to remember the merciful nature of God and finally Whenever we are feeling isolated by ourselves in dealing with something, it is then we can recall that we will dwell with God forever. Psalm 23 is powerful and potent and it has so much to offer us, word by word, phrase by phrase, to lead us on a path toward peace. And like Bear Bryant kept a prayer in his wallet that changed how he lived each day, I invite each of us to do the same with Psalm 23, literally or metaphorically. That when something is going on within a day, we figure out what it is, and we turn to that specific place within the psalm that is most relevant and can be most helpful. And so to wrap up today, on the screen you will see Psalm 23, I hope, for a few moments. I'd like to invite each of you to read it silently to yourself. Maybe read it several times over and pay attention to a a word or to a phrase that grabs your attention the most. It might be that word or phrase that God is inviting you to spend the most time with. So I invite you now for a few moments in silence to turn to the words of Psalm 23 and see what captures your attention and what God might be speaking to you about that word or phrase with regard to something going on in your life right now.